Hello and welcome to Power Suits Podcast, episode number six. I am joined as always by the wonderful, lovely, amazing Katie K. Straight off, well, not straight off the plane, but almost straight off the plane from her return um, from Europe, which I thought she was never going to come back from. I thought I lost Europe, Katie. Yeah. I didn't want to come home, but I had to come home. So. We're back. We're back. I had to come home to record the Power Suits podcast, obviously, even though we could do this internationally. Priorities here, or people need us. Priorities. We also are joined by all the puppies. So if you hear all the like the snorting, grunting, barking noises, there's just puppies galore on all sides of the podcast today. So we also have a bunch of guest co-stars, if you will, with us um, today. So Um, I feel like last episode, we had like so many things to go over because we had such, we, we accidentally skipped a week. And so I feel like this week we don't have quite as many things to talk about because not as much time has gone by, but I want to dive in by starting with talking, doing a little bit of talk about Coachella because Coachella is kind of always always in the mix, always out there. I have so many different things I want to discuss in regards to Coachella. Um, Partially, I also just want to throw out there that I've never been to Coachella and it is on my list of things that I would like to do at some point. And I almost was going to be there this year. A few reasons I'm glad I wasn't. A few reasons I was like, my heart broke that I wasn't also. So I'm going to, we're going to get into all of it because I feel like it's the most pop culture-y thing. But I ask a Coachella question first. Is Coachella two weekends? Like, is it going on this weekend and last weekend? So it happened this past weekend and the weekend prior. Okay. So it was going on the last two weekends. It is two weekends. Um, Typically you have the exact same lineup both weekends and um, it's a huge music festival that happens basically in the desert, um, kind of near Palm Springs. And why I really want to talk about it, because I promise I I'm, I'm don't want to just actually talk about like the, the fun side of it, the actual business side and brand side of Coachella, because Coachella is basically the influencer of all influencer brand trip. And it made me kind of think a little bit of, I think we're seeing this huge shift in influencer brand trips and more and more brands put their money into these huge influencer trips versus traditional advertising. I'm going to call it traditional advertising budget, meaning like display ads, television ads, radio, radio, newspaper, print, that stuff, and more and more money being spent on influencers, influencer trips, all of that stuff. I think this year, beginning of this year, last year, one of the biggest ones, everyone on TikTok, everyone on social media was talking about the Tarte trip. The Tarte trip was like- Broke TikTok. Everyone was talking about, everyone was talking about how much it cost. And then people were debunking how much it cost and are they getting the ROI? And I don't think they are. And then other people saying that they, and like, and so I think- it's becoming more and more of a thing. And I'm every weekend, certain influencers I follow, I feel like they're somewhere else on some other brand trip doing something really cool. And Coachella has always kind of been a influencer trip. And it's been, but not maybe always in the way that influencer trips are now where American Express, right? American Express has always um, had pre-sale opportunities and like options and then sponsored a bunch of people and brought people out to the trip. Different airlines have done different sponsorships before. This year though, I feel like it was another level of brands that I was like, you still exist? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I that's horrible to say, but like brands doing these influencer trips, influencer houses, putting all these influencers together. And it was like the trip of all trips of trips. I saw 
you know, BMW had people out there, Guess, like the clothing brand Guess had a Guess house that was out there. Um, there was some apps I've never even heard of before, like after was it after party or something party that had what like had a bunch of people that were out just like insane amount of things that I was like, I don't even know what these people are tagging or talking about, but it, they're clearly it's who brought them to Coachella. Right. And it is just, it's crazy to me to think about how much money these brands are, because one, you know, airfare when something is, it's in Palm Springs, right? So you either people fly into LA and drive down or they fly into Palm Springs, which I saw some of the guests, I don't know where the plane was chartered from, but guests had a private plane that they flew people on the guests plane. Which I was still a model because I modeled for guests in Marciano. So we could have been there, Francie. We could have been there. And so guests, one of the influencers was Alex Earl that went as a guest influencer, Uh, was on the guests. It was a plane and they had the plane wrapped if it isn't guess like outdated that's what i was like you're still is that the one that you, yeah i mean and listen i have a bunch like i have a bunch of marciano stuff i have a, i own a bunch of guest stuff i haven't shopped at a guest or a marciano in our jacket jacket that we both have the same mm-hmm. one in multiple colors of that's probably been my last marciano purchase so that's where i was like wow guess is like going big uh, and I think um, David Dobrik was in the guest house. Um, Noah Beck was in the guest house. Um, Stassi, who's like Kylie Jenner's BFF, Stassi baby. She was in the guest house. The guest, guest house, not guest house. Um, but Alex Earl brought three people with her. Oh my God. And so, you know, that other people had like, you know, people plus ones, have yeah. plus, pluses, right? Not even plus ones. Well, and they're okay with it because it's more, I'm sure there's like a, well, it's more bringing, but that's more content. That's more people. That's more brand awareness. But yeah. I just was like the amount of money being spent is guess. Let's just guess is guess seeing the ROI on that. Well, and are like, what are they trying to accomplish? I mean, if you if you're trying to make a comeback, that's the event to do it at, and you got to go all out to be seen. So, kudos but, to that. But like, can and then, you really revive it? It's like Coach. Can you really revive Coach? Michael Kors. It's not even a reviving. Maybe it's a demo thing. Maybe it's like like because I've you know Forever Twenty One, another brand that Alex Earl. So Alex Earl right now is a Victoria's Secret. She's a face of Victoria's Secret. She did a huge Forever 21 campaign, like all these crazy things. Right. And one, I was like, okay, maybe guess is just trying to bring in a different demo, but it's like Forever 21 did a huge, like, and they do every year, like a festival collection, right. Where I'm kind of like, Guess as a brand, and they all were wearing guest sunglasses because that's probably the only thing you can wear that's guest to a festival. Because what guest clothes? Watch it, watch it come back and be like, you remember the old guest T-shirts with just like the logo? Yes, that's like, and it's gonna be guess. all retro, and like the guest shirt's gonna be retro, and it's gonna be like a new in thing to have like a guest T-shirt again. I mean, that's how you would do it. You would get the really influential people to be in your campaigns or be in your j- jet plane, whatever, but my and one, make it like retro-y. They're not wearing guests. Oh, then. That, that This is what I don't understand. Yeah. And I am a marketer and I get it. You have all these people, they're talking about guests. Here we are on a podcast, right? So we're now talking about the brand guests, right? So it I worked. whatever they did kind of worked. something, right? Because we're having a conversation about it. But to me, I go back to if I'm guests and you're all going to be out there and I guess they were wearing their guest sunglasses, which to me, that's not like who, who knows who even can tell, right? Like glasses, jewelry, like stuff like that is so hard I think for people to be like, oh my God, where is that from? Right. Because they're small. You can't really see the brand label, but I would have been like, what can I put these people in? So they're wearing 
guests to the festival and like repping guests. And so when people are taking photos with them, when they're at the festival or seeing them, that's that additional brand. Whatever. She wore wore a Victoria's Secret bikini one day and was like, because I'm a Victoria's Secret partner and then like layered other stuff on top of it. But if any of the other stuff she layered was guests, she definitely didn't say it was guests, nor was it logoed or branded. So like you wouldn't know. But that's where, you know, and then other people were like, there was, I think it's called after party. I don't even remember. I'm like, maybe should I look it up and see if that's even an app where there was people at the festival that are influencers where they were there with this app. And then they were doing like live streams at the after party, or maybe I'm just thinking the app's called after party because they were doing live. Now I got to look it up. If after party is a real thing. If it's not, uh, we should sign I, up. At least with the the guessing, like they should have done like a retro crop top or like oh, I something. Think it's called, I think it's just called after. after. Just called after, not after party, just after. And I, I think people were doing stuff. So they were sending people like via their other social media to go there to get the exclusive like stream. So I'm like, okay, maybe people are doing that. But it's just wild to me because that is literally the trip that like so many brands pay so much money to send all the people there. And I'm like, does it even make sense? Well, I mean, it could definitely be a loss. I If you're going to do a loss later, do it at Coachella. If it's fashion, if it's beauty, if it's anything. I, I, it depends what the app really was. Because then if it fits into that social media influencing genre, then do it. But it always makes me laugh when it's like a football stadium or like, you know, when like ads don't make sense. Yes. Like where they're placed or where they're at. So like if at Coachella, there was a crypto.com tent, it wouldn't make sense to me. Like it's, it, I don't see how you're ever going to get the ROI, but if you have like anything fashion, anything makeup, anything influencer content creation, Coachella would be your loss leader. Cause regardless, however you do it, you're, you're going to have a loss. I would just like to go on the record and say any brand, I don't care what brand you are. If you want to send me to Coachella, I will make sure you get an ROI because I will never stop talking about you forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't care who you are. It could be depends. I will <laughs> I will tell, I will tell all the people of Coachella why you need Dupens so you don't have to go in the porta potty. You just literally piss yourself and then you throw the Depends away and you put on another Depends. So any you like right now, you give me a brand, you send me to Coachella, I will guarantee you an ROI. I will make it work. I will make it work. Um, but I do think you do have so many influencers who have so many different opportunities that it's kind of like, okay, we're like repping this brand for the weekend and and does it end up paying off or do they see the results from that? The other thing about Coachella I wanted to talk about, because I feel like when you have a big music festival like this and it is two weekends, you have weekend one and weekend two. And this year, Frank Ocean was like headliner closing out of Coachella. And they always typically have like one, I mean, it's a ton of big names, but there's usually a like, this is the one. Well, apparently on weekend one, he totally changed his whole performance around. He was an hour and a half late, didn't even play the full set. Then he didn't come back for weekend two. I don't know if he declined or I don't know if Coachella pulled the plug on him. They replaced him. Okay, so when the Coachella lineup came out, I was kind of like, okay, not super heartbroken that I didn't make it this year because there wasn't anyone I was like diehard wish I could see. Frank Ocean, plug gets pulled from him or he backs out. I don't know what it was. They replaced Frank Ocean with Fortet, Fred again, and Skrillex which made my heart break into a million pieces because the weekend we were looking at going was weekend two. So we would have been there for that. And when they performed at Madison square garden, I literally kicked myself of like, why did I not go to this? Because it is epic, probably never to be repeated again. Now to be repeated again, 
at Coachella. And I don't want to talk about how heartbroken I am over that. What I do want to talk about is one, the brand and business killer of being Frank Ocean and just fumbling the bag, hardcore fumbling the bag. And then the totally winning the bag of Skrillex, Fortet, and Fred again, which Fred again, this is his second year ever touring. He's only been touring for two years. And he talk about winning the bag, just headlined weekend two at Coachella. And it's one of those, like, you said Madison Square Garden too, but it's like artists want to play at Madison Square Garden or a Coachella or like something big. Like those are status performances. So you screw that up, you are messing up your brand like crazy because it's top down. So now other promoters are not going to watch you. People might not want to go to your shows because is he going to bail? Is he going to cancel? Once again, we don't know what happened. But then, yeah, they they just won huge. The talk of the internet. And so this is where I'm just like, I don't care how big you are. I don't care. I don't, I don't care, right? If people leave a performance and they're like, eh, that's the last thing you ever want to happen. And from what I've been hearing on the internet and the social medias and, you know, all that fun stuff, he made them put an ice rink. There was an ice rink in the middle. So it's like the stage. Okay. There was a stage. There was a long catwalk to a circle that was an ice rink that somehow he was doing some part of his performance in this ice rink, whatever. So they had to get ice in the middle of the desert, freeze this ice in this ice thing in the middle of the thing. Day of, he decides, kill it, not doing the ice rink, cancel all the skaters, which I just know as wherever that falls. I run enough events, not near to the scale of a a Coachella, but I just know what a pain it is when there's a change the day of, I can only imagine the nightmare that that was. And people were saying he like changed his whole set around. That's why he was so late, which I'm also like, but you knew that like you can plan and still make it on time. Just be on time. Yeah. But a lot of the feedback was like, he is an amazing artist, but like it was fine. And I'm just like, that is the last thing you ever want people to be saying about your brand. And I know the last- People get so picky about it too, right? Like people will stop going to see performances because they had a bad experience. Like think about if you came all the way from Europe to go to Coachella just to see, like just to see him. And then you're being the diva or you're the reason something went wrong. Like I have an example, which you may or may not know, but it was on my TikTok because that's filled with country music. And the two top kind of male vocalists are Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen. Yes. Morgan Wallen had a concert last, I don't know if it was last night or this weekend. And um, everybody was at this concert ready for him to play. And then this big sign goes up on the on the screen saying, guys, unfortunately with my voice, you're all gonna be refunded, um, but I just can't go on with the show. And people were remixing these TikToks saying basically Morgan Wallen take note because it happened to Luke Combs where he came out there and he's like, guys, we almost almost canceled this show. I'm not gonna be singing as great as I used to, or as I usually do, sorry. I'm gonna need your help to sing along, but I don't wanna cancel the show, you guys are all here. Um, he goes, but I will still refund you. So out of pocket, he still plays the show. He refunds everyone, right? And so that experience for those people was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best show Luke Combs put on, but he like still made the experience for the people that went to the show. And now everyone's bashing Morgan being like, you could have done the same thing. You literally, you canceled an hour before. Right. That's so like, it's the feeling of like, well, you right. can mess your brand up really quickly. And people pay all that money and like, obviously they got their money back, but like, there's so much more that goes into it because people for concerts, people travel, people get babysitters, people get Ubers. Like there's so much more that goes into it than just buying a ticket. You know what I mean? And that, and people are such big fans. Right. And when it's slightly different, I think, when you're at like a music festival because there's so many artists. But when you're closing out the festival, 
that's where it's like everything goes on that performance, right? And there's been people that have performed at Coachella and they usually bring in different people both weekends to like sing with and they like put on a, a show, like really put on a performance. And it's just, it just makes for that shitty experience. And if you're going to, it's like, if you're going to cancel or pull out or you don't want to do it, you need to do it prior so that everyone's aware and everyone has noticed. And it's like, everyone can plan accordingly versus I'm standing there. I'm on my way there. And I get this message that like, Hey, I'm not going to be there. And I think I personally think based on feedback, I've heard of the performances also just my, I mean, I've always like love, love, love Skrillex, but huge fan of Fred again. And I think, you know, from what I heard of their performance at Madison square garden and what I've heard at their performance at Coachella, I think people actually ended up winning and getting a better performance, but it's also just wild because normally these closeout performances at Coachella, like people bring in so many other artists and celebrities and it is a show. And this is three guys on a DJ table sharing a pair of headphones. They didn't even have three sets of headphones. And it's just wild, like the experience that they're, they were able to create. And I think it's just like a huge brand down for Frank Ocean. Like it's a huge loss for Frank Ocean, like terrible thing to put out there, but like a huge up, I think, Obviously, for the all three of them, I I don't think Skrillex has ever headlined Coachella. I don't think I'm I don't know if he's ever performed there or not, but he's definitely not been the closeout headliner. And freaking Fred again, second year on tour, closing out Coachella. Like I think his brand, based on that performance, what they did at MSG, he is now going to be. It's like things being a DJ, I think certain things happen where your price just elevates, right? We saw it happen with Timmy Trumpet. Once he performed hit once he performed Narcos at the Mets Stadium during that game, his his value just skyrocketed. skyrocketed. The price went up because of that brand awareness, because of all of that. And I think that's what just happened really for Fred again, Skrillex and Fortet, but especially Fred again being newer on the scene his value just had to have skyrocketed. Like, good for them for like, I know it, we can say, of course, they're going to say yes, but like good for them for saying yes, because in that a lot of artists wouldn't have, a lot of artists wouldn't, or their managers would have been like, no, we want to like wait for the day where you can close it out on your own. Like they had to do it together. It There was a lot of factors doing it last minute. Maybe they had other commitments. You don't know. Um, so like good for them for actually just pulling and- through. My favorite thing of all of it, my favorite thing, which I think was so smart of them on the schedule, it said TB, TBA to be announced because they didn't know who was going to be in that spot. So when they were all posting on their social media with T-shirts that said TBA, then on the screens in the back, they had it flashing like Skrillex, Fortet, Fred again, TBA. For like they kind of just played into like now they are to be announced. Like I don't know if they're gonna keep perpetuating that. Like that is the name of their group, but they almost made it like together. We are TBA and like just played into the fact of like screw it. Last second, which yes, most artists would have been like, we need to prepare. We need to prepare. And my last Coachella thing I want to bring up because. This is probably insider info and I don't know, I don't even know if people know this or not, but the person that actually told me this has since passed away. So we'll never know if this was factual or not, but Coachella that would have been, I believe 2020 Coachella. So it was canceled. I can't remember if it was 2019 and he backed out or if it was 2020 and it ended up not happening, but it was one that I was like, I'm going, I don't like, I'll, we'll start walking there. Like I'm going Justin Timberlake was supposed to headline Coachella and it either was pandemic. So it got canceled. I think so because I think Beyonce was 2019 because they did the document. It might, he was, so he was originally supposed to do 2019 and wasn't 
didn't think he could pull it together in time. So they bumped him to 2020 and he ended up backing out because apparently his vocal cords are like shot and he just can't perform to like that scale anymore, which I also find interesting because if you notice, he hasn't really gone like performed, put out new mute, like really done a lot of that. And then it got canceled. I th- so I think it was 2020 then COVID. So it didn't ever end up happening anyway. And that was the big thing of like, I kept pushing back when I wanted to go to Coachella because I wanted to go to the Justin Timberlake Coachella. And I think he ended up not signing for 2019 and then was supposed to do 2020. And then he ended up backing out and then it ended up getting canceled. So nobody knows this. And then the person that actually told me all of this used to do a bunch of charity stuff. So was going to do this huge experience at Coachella with Justin Timberlake and obviously charge a fortune for it. But I was, I was like, well, I'm, I'm got to figure it out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to figure this out, whatever it is. And it was like for four people. So I was like, it's fine. If I divide it by four, like whatever I'm going, I'm going to make it work. That person that used to do all this has, he has since passed away. And so he wouldn't never be able to confirm, deny anything, but that is, that is my insider scoop of untold, untold. But Um, yeah, he, I haven't seen Justin Timberlake do anything. I've never missed a tour of Justin Timberlake. And the last tour he went on was from his most recent album, I went to see him in Madison Square Garden, and I think that was 20, 2018, maybe? Yeah. 2017. I was living in New York City at the time, so maybe even 2017. Yeah. That's why I was like, he's going to perform at Coachella. It's probably going to be like a final performance thing. Final hurrah. And then, yeah, you missed it. I could still probably even find the emails of like <laughs> saying... We're going put this package together for Justin Timberlake at Coachella. There's one thing we always have. It's the receipts. Always have the receipts. All right. Getting right. off of Co- now that I've Coachella every Coachella'd everyone out. I will just say though. Your phone is going to blow up Coachella for like two weeks because you said Coachella, 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 Coachella. Probably so. Probably so. But I do think it's just, I would love details on any brand that does influencer stuff around that event to know if it actually pays off or not. All right. Let's, let's talk about bed, bath and beyond. Um, Number one, we just need to get ready. Is there anything we need to buy? There's going to be clearance. I love a good sale. Um, But I saw it this morning. So I added it in there. I'm not shocked by this. I don't think you're going to be shocked by it either. I, I'm more shocked of, and maybe it's a question I don't know the answer to, and I should have done research prior, was didn't they just do a big like bailout prior to this last year? It was like more funds injected. And because I know that, I don't think it was like all the Canadian stores, but in Canada, that's how it usually starts is like the Canadian stores, slowly they're starting to close down or they close all the Canadian stores and they keep the American stores open. So we were already kind of getting used to that. And like, I know in my city, there's only one left, which is now going to go. Um, so it's like they they kind of like tried to minimize their risk, I guess. But at what point with these big box stores, do they just like close it down prior to this happening? Well, I have a couple of thoughts. One, when I teach on marketing, it's kind of ironic and it will play into this. When I teach on marketing, I always say to people, you don't want to be the Bed Bath & Beyond. And what I mean by that is Bed Bath & Beyond, at least here in the US, I don't know if they do this in Canada, they would send out mailers every week and you would- 75% coupon? Yes. I love it. You would go to Bed Bath & Beyond and if you didn't have that coupon, you'd abandon your damn cart because you were not going to, you were not going to check out without that coupon. 
And I say to people, when I talk about marketing, you don't want to become the coupon king, which is bed, bath and beyond of people get so conditioned, there will be a coupon that I'm never going to go to the store and just pay full price because there will be a coupon. So I think number one, that obviously doesn't help, right? Like it brings people in the store, but I think the bigger issue a lot of businesses are facing right now is Amazon is taking over the world. And I don't think there's one thing I can go buy in Bed Bath & Beyond that I could not get on Amazon. And Amazon is going to deliver- At a cheaper price. Yeah, deliver to your house at a cheaper price. Like convenient, it's easy. That's that's scary thing is like, I don't think they- In some ways, I don't think they took it serious. But then you can also go to like the Michaels of the world and Michaels are still open. And I would argue that they're one of those coupon places. Like I know when I need a frame for something new that I got that was signed or whatever. And I'm like, I need a frame from Michaels. I'm going to make sure I have my 50% off coupon go in there. So I think this is what I think about that. And this is just my opinion. I think Michaels, yes, always has coupons, but I think Michaels is like the crafting store. And if I'm going to be crafting or making something or framing something, I want to see it. I want to touch it. I want to make sure the colors match. I want to like, is this the right size? Does it look like how I think it looks? And so I think there is something to, there are certain things people still want to like touch and feel before, right? Just like some people, grocery delivery. Some people love grocery delivery. Some people hate it because they're like, I want to pick out my own tomatoes. I want to pick out my own avocados. I want to know the, the thing of strawberries isn't all rotten on the bottom ones or whatever the case may be, which you just don't know when someone else is shopping for you. So I think there's certain things that there's always going to be people that just want to like touch it, feel it, whatever. I think everything that I can buy at Bed Bath and Beyond, I can get it on Amazon, probably cheaper, probably faster and easily return it if I need to. So I don't think there's anything that like I have to go to that store. And I think Bed Bath and Beyond, you know, a bunch of those types of stores, you know, are starting to close down the departments. I mean, we're seeing the malls just not be as popular. And I think One, online shopping has become more and more popular. Two, the pandemic taught everyone anything you want to get, you can get through the internet without leaving your house. Yeah. And made so many brands adapt so quickly to that. And quite frankly, pre-pandemic, I was probably the, not the most, but I was a big, like out and about, let's go. Like, do you want to do a dinner on a Tuesday or let's grab drinks while I'm in town or like always out and about and on the go. Now I am like, do I have to leave my house? Like, do I have to do it? Or, or or will be like yesterday, I did everything I had to do in one day, right? I was like, I did my Amazon returns at Whole Foods, got the things from Whole Foods I needed, went to Trader Joe's, got my Trader Joe things I needed, went to Publix, got the Publix things I needed, went by the UPS store to mail, like, cause I, I don't wanna do it all. <laughs> I don't ever wanna leave my house. I don't wanna interact with people. I don't wanna have conversations. <laughs> I have rubbed off on you too bad. The only other thing I was going to say with like the Bed Bath & Beyond, like it just reminds me, it's like the wedding registry lists, like the baby lists. Like, I feel like that was really the only thing that big department stores were still hanging on to. Have you seen the like adaptation now of wedding and baby registries? So I just, I just went to a a baby shower two weeks ago, right? And it's not the first time I've seen this. I think I've been to a couple baby showers that have been like this and maybe a couple of weddings where now it's like you go to this website and it's pulled in all the places they've registered from on one list, takes you directly to those websites to purchase the things. And so 
people that love shopping on Amazon can pick the items that are on Amazon or maybe on some other baby websites. And then, and then it gives you the option of, do you mail it directly to their house with your gift receipt and gift message? Love it. Love it. Love it. We never need to leave our houses. But it's like, so I, and I, I agree with you that a lot of those stores would be like like, the last thing they really had, but it was, it's also annoying. Cause like, even with the registries, it was like, where else could you go in those times? So you were going to these department stores, which like we joke about the coupon with bed, bath and beyond. But like when you go around with those scanners, I'm always like, well, what else am I going to flip and scan with the damn scanner? Like, so you start scanning things for the sake of scanning things. And then like, you want a good average of like more expensive things and kind of middle things and whatever, because people want to like put gifts together and they literally walk you through how to like scan for items. But then you're annoyed, like, well, I would get annoyed because it would be like a turkey dish is $50. And now I know that this turkey dish is probably $10 on Amazon or $10 somewhere else. They're like, you're scanning it for the, like, that's where they would make up their profit margins. And it's like, The model worked for a very long time, which kind of leads me back to, I don't think either one of us are shocked that this is happening, but there are still department stores that are out there that are going to keep trying to bring on debt and keep trying to survive. And at what point do you just like accept defeat? We talk about selling companies all the time. Why wouldn't you just sell your data or your customer database or anything like that and, and try to like hedge what's left? Like, why do they hold on to the very last minute until they file for bankruptcy? Right. And it's just part of me looks at these, those, these big box department store retailers and is like, how would I pivot if I was them? Like if I was open right now, my, I was still and like, I think, you know, Best Buy has a longer life cycle because it's electronics and people want to see the television and the computer, but there still is. I mean, the last two televisions that I bought in my house, I bought on Amazon because Amazon delivers it to my front door. Like I'm telling you, I, I get so many things on Amazon. Now I did go and get one from Best Buy because I also wanted someone to install it and, you know, do the whole thing, which you can even pay people online. Now, when you, when you do that, like select the option and have someone do it professionally, but I think some of the retailers like makeup, like Sephora or Ulta, I think they have a little bit longer of a life cycle because people still do want to go and like try their products. Yeah. If I'm some of these stores, I think you have to be thinking of what do you do that's different or how do you pivot or how do you change something before it's too late? Because you get to a point where it's like, you can't come back. Yeah you're not coming back but like I would look at some of like you know even some of the like sacks have been closing right so like even some of the higher end stuff but what's an experience you can create in your store or what are events you could be doing in your store to bring people in or what are things you could be doing focused around kids because I think if you find a way for parents to be able to bring their kids in for something I don't have children But everyone I know with kids every weekend is like looking for things to do with their kids. Right. Yeah. And even I did not know this, that I did not know this until this past weekend when one of my girlfriends came by, she was on her way to Trader Joe's with her daughter. Um, Shout out Cecily and Sadie. They are listeners of the Power Soup podcast. So I will give, I'll give Cecily a shout out and, um, little Sadie baby, they came by on their way to Trader Joe's. And Sadie starts telling me how she's going to go find Parker the Peacock. And I'm like, I have no idea what she's talking about. And Cecily's telling me how Trader Joe's, every store has a mascot. And the one near me, it's a peacock and the peacock's name is Parker. And I guess they move the mascot around the store every week. And if you find the mascot, I guess you tell the store manager and employee, whatever. And you get like stickers and a lollipop. Aww. And in my head, I'm like, I've 
I mean, I've been going to Trader Joe's for years. Never once did I know there was mascots in these stores. I didn't know you could find them and you could get a prize. But again, I don't have kids. I'm not a kid. Why, like, why would I even care to know that? But it made me think about how smart is that of parents are bringing their kids grocery shopping, right? It's, you're trying to like get through the experience. Incentive for them to be good. Like it's an incentive. Yeah, like, and excited. Paying attention and like, look for the mascot. And then if we find it, you get a prize. Yeah. My point is though, if you have events where kids, like, I just feel like parents who are, that's your, who you're trying to market to anyway, usually yeah. is parents, right. Or at least that age range of people that would have children of fun activities that kids could do in stores that would bring people in. Like Bed Bath & Beyond could have done some ridiculous like home thing where it could have been for kids of like make a pillow or like yeah. stuff your own pillows or something where they could have make it super easy where they had a bunch of like pillows with the stuffing and you pick your own design and maybe you like do fabric pens on it and then you stuff it with the stuffing and then maybe they sew it up or whatever. Michael's actually does do that. So that's right. like perfect example. Yeah. Of like just silly things they could have done with like what's in their store to bring kids in to do like classes or fun things on the weekend with kids that would have brought parents in the store. Um, or even those type of, um, I just imagine if I had kids where it could have been something where you like your kid goes and does that thing for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever like, um, to shop. Ikea, when you get into Ikea, they always have like, you can leave your kid in the kid zone. Right. So you can go shop and they're in like their version of a daycare. And like, yeah, I, I think there's the big box retailers that do it right. And then there's like the people that didn't think of it. Um, but I also think on like the other side of it, it's like, I sit here and I'm like, why, if I was Amazon, and I saw them like as Amazon sitting there, like I would always look at all the retailers knowing at one point I could gobble them up or gobble their database for 10 cents on the dollar. Now, yes, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. Why do they need to be doing it? But like my strategic play if I was Amazon is buy Walmart and turn Walmarts into Amazon fulfillment centers, Amazon shopping centers, Amazon everything. The real estate's there. Like, how do I as Amazon buy Walmart? I think like, and I, I don't maybe though, I think Walmart is already being thought of, but like why but I think Walmart is being Walmart is being successful. So I feel competing. like yeah. they're competing, which it's not, I mean, that's right. You always want to end up buying out your competition, but like Walmart is competing on the on the grocery delivery on the order pull up front, we'll put it in your car on the in-home delivery, like Walmart is competing. And, you know, maybe Walmart can compete because they have the footprint that they do. So that is why Walmart can kind of compete with Amazon, but like they are doing a very good job of competing. But I also look at, cause we were talking about like Sephora and Ulta. And I think Ulta has done a good job in the sense of like, they have salons in yeah. in Ulta so and it's like the lady that I go to that does my hair I found her from an Ulta she's not still at Ulta she has her own like studio now but I found her because I knew what my color was so I would occasionally when I was in town because the person that did my hair was somewhere else so when I was in Orlando I would go to this lady and she would touch up my color and I thought she did a really great job and a few times she was like oh I'm gonna put like this deep conditioning, like she was just, she was also upselling me, which I understand, but she was very good at like other people would just do what I told them to do and not like recommend anything off that scale. And she would be like, Hey, I think you could really do for a glaze to just brighten everything up or like a conditioning treatment. And I just, I really liked her. So I followed her, but it brought me into that store and yeah. almost every time I went in, I would buy something yeah. because you're walking through. And so I think that's smart of saying, okay, I have this store space. Let me bring a salon in. 
I, and maybe Sephora does this and I'm not aware. Sephora or Ulta should offer like make like book and maybe they do offer it and I just don't know it. Sephora does makeup to do your makeup. Like you can they book do in it. Canada at least they do your makeup and they do um, makeup and brows. And like, I think stuff like that and Ulta might too. I don't, I just don't know. I mean, Mac I does it and Mac does it really well where it's like, um, it's 60, uh, well, it's probably more now, but it was like X amount of dollars to get your makeup done. Let's say it's $75 to get your makeup done, but then you can spend $75 in makeup to purchase towards product. Like if you end up yeah. buying stuff, they yeah. did that. So if you're just going in, you're going to be quick and, and whatever the case may be, I think, I think they'd probably change that by now been a while since I've been in there but um I know like Sephora does something like that where it's like if you get your brows actually waxed there and then you want anything you get like a ten dollar off um but yeah like of other something like a reason going in bring people in and then if they're in there they're gonna buy like buy the products could you imagine if Sephora or Ulta did makeup classes like makeup tutorials but in like 10 people or 15 people to be like learn how to do whatever trend is right now in makeup and you're going to use all the products they're going to show everyone how to do it and then people would pay to come into that class and then people would buy the makeup and it like so true I had um I stopped getting my makeup done at like Sephora's and Max and the girl that does my photography does my makeup but then one day, Shay, you know, Shay, shout out to Shay, because Shay listens. We were like, can you just teach us how to do our makeup? And like, we just want to learn how to do this specific trick. And she's like, yeah, of course I can. So we paid her to teach us how to do it. She then went to um, our version of CVS and Shopper Drug Mart and Sephora and Mac and was like, okay, these are all the products and these are the dupes. And this is like kind of what you could choose between. And I'm like, genius. Like had that not been at Sephora, I wouldn't have gone to the CVS or the Shoppers Drug Mart to, you know, save here on this eyelash or whatever the case may be. Right. If I was in Sephora, I would have dropped the $600. Of course. Right. Because I'm like, no, this looks look. perfect. I want this highlighter. Yeah. The products. And I would have paid, like, I think we paid her a couple hundred bucks, but like I would have paid to go to the class. I would have paid to sit there and know exactly what products to use. Because that, that is women's biggest problem it's like I like this look how do I create it and then we watch influencers all over TikTok that just magically can do these things and and it's like and there's filters and there's all this stuff going on and it's like I can't tell you how many times I have gone into Sephora or Ulta and been like what is the cover up that is going to cover up these dark circles under my eyes? Like, just show me which one I'll buy it. I don't care how much it is. I don't care what shade it is. Like, I don't care if you tell me I need to buy six of them and layer them all on top of each other, but they never, I I have so many different concealers and cover-ups and correctors. And I, I personally am like, none of it works, but I feel like if there was, and it could just be how I'm doing it too. Who knows? But if there was an actual class, like, I think that's genius. And so I think it's not only saying, okay, both of those brands are doing things already, but what is the next thing you could do in your store? And you pay people to come or like, or you have people pay to come. So, you know, you're booking 10 people or whatever you can, that makes sense. And they pay money to come in the class and maybe you do, they get that towards a product they end up buying or whatever. It's basically just guaranteeing people are going to walk in the door and they're going to buy something. And I think those things would keep people keep. And I think, I don't think anyone's doing it that I've seen, but if people, I think hair tutorials, because you know how many people would love to know, how do you curl your hair? How do I blow dry to straighten my hair? And would buy and and hair products are even more expensive when you get into like I used this blow dryer, this straightener, this whatever. And it actually makes a difference. Like, so if they actually did the tutorials and was like the most expensive hair dryer and straightener you can buy at Sephora, I own it. It makes a massive difference, but it was someone who recommended it to me and let me use theirs. That's why I went and bought it. So yes, if you could sit there, do a blowout, 
do it on yourself and be like, oh my God, I don't have to go to the salon every day. Yes. They would be spending $500 on the blow up. So Sephora, Ulta, you're welcome. Bar, dry bar, whatever you're called. If you want to steal our ideas, you are welcome. You don't even have, you will only want to <laughs> send us to Coachella. Just yeah. Send us to Send us to Coachella next year as your brand ambassadors. Please, thank you. Excellent. Um, but I will be keeping an eye out on Bed Bath and Beyond going out of sale sales. Yeah. Even oh, though yeah. I have nothing. Oh, you know what? I did have not bought a new juicer yet. So maybe I will wait because I haven't selected one off Amazon and see it if there's a Bed Bath and Beyond juicer sale and buy a juicer from a going out of business Bed Bath and Beyond genius that's what I'm gonna do but I, I, probably, new- I probably won't because I won't want to drive to bed bath and <laughs> and I say that and there's a bed bath probably 10 minutes 15 minutes five minutes like I can think of four of them and it probably wouldn't even take me that long to drive to like is there an online store for this that Here. is that is the world that we live in um Last topic I want to talk about, and this will be a quick one, but I want to talk a little bit just about the difference of being a fe- a successful female in business or just in general versus a male. Um, and I wanted to talk about, it has been in the media, the news on and off over the past, I feel like six months of, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, the forever bachelor and how apparently he does not date anyone over the age of 25. Is that by Mm -hmm. chance or is he really have an age limit? I don't know because he hasn't come out and been like, I don't date anyone over this age, but Leonardo DiCaprio is getting um, older. He's got a- 48, I just Googled it. How old? 48, I just Googled it. Okay, he is 48. I don't think he's dated anyone over the age of 25, right? So he is. One girl was like 19. Okay. So it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And yes, we're talking about it. And yes, I'm questioning it a little bit, but it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And men. He looks really good for 48. Let's give him that. It is Leo. Men in their 40s. I am Googling him. That's a problem. I'm staring at all these beautiful photos. I'm like defending him. Whether they're in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, they can all date a 25-year-old and nobody thinks twice. I know. Okay. So I want to know why do people think twice if a woman is in her 40s, 50s, or 60s and dates a 25-year-old and or... Can I be the one to flip the script and now I'm only going to date 25-year-olds? Um, yes and yes. <laughs> I think we I think we should test this theory. But um, I like in a serious question, is it a to men it's not brand detrimental, right? You expect yeah. a successful man is going to date some 20 some year old regardless how old, how old they are. If Myself as a successful female decided I'm going to start dating men in their 20s because you know what? They're not set in their ways. They're, they want to travel wherever I want to go. They're like, they'll more bend to what my ways are because I'm starting to get to an age where I'm set in my ways. Where you don't leave your house. Yes. I don't leave my house, but like, I do leave my house for good cause. It's just. If you don't give me good cause, I'm not leaving my house. So if you ask me to do something fun or ask me to go somewhere fun or ask me to partake in something that sounds fun, I will leave my house. If you don't throw me out to go to Coachella, any options that sound like a good time, why am I going to leave the comforts of my home with my two amazing little Frenchies that are the, the best things on this planet? Why? why I ask you. Oh, I, do such things? I am the homebody of homebodies. Um, okay. So I think there's a couple of things. One, I think it is slowly changing. I think that for a very long time, the stereotype is 
the old successful man has the younger girlfriend, right? And it's like, men are the only ones who can be successful. Men are the only people who can make money. And like, that is how it's always been portrayed. And then the woman has to stay home and take care of kids and blah, 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 blah. Now that we're seeing more women be successful, you're starting to see women with younger men. But I'll also go back to the thing of women are also usually more mature than men. So for a woman to date a younger man, is it's not like we wouldn't do it. It's more of we have better odds to date a older guy than we do to date a younger guy. But it does happen. And I think a perfect example is actually Sergio and Caroline. Like Sergio is younger than me. And I don't know how old Caroline is. I know Caroline is older than me. There we go. And they're happy, right? But how much they're in the public eye, how much kind of flack did they get for that? Um, You know, you can see the relationship. You can see they're in love. She's not gotten any flack. She... And that, I feel like it's always the woman because so they, and having had dinner with them and just see them actually myself in front of me interact and how they talk to each other and about each other and how he looks at her. Like you can tell Carolyn and Sergio a hundred percent are truly in love with each other. So anyone can say whatever they want to about the two of them. You can genuinely tell the two of them love each other so much. It works for them. But here's my issue. She gets shit for it. He doesn't get shit for it. She gets shit for it. Now, if it was reverse, right? And Carolyn was in her 20s and Sergio was the older successful man. She would still get shit for it for being the gold digger. So why is it that women women are going to get shit for it? Either way, right? Because when it's the... Like you look at, um, I think of famously like Anna Nicole Smith, right? Anna Nicole Mm -hmm. with super old man and I, them, I don't know personally at all. And everyone was like, she's just a gold digger. And she was like, I'm so in love with, was she, was she not? I don't know. I don't know her, but it's like, anytime you see a young, beautiful girl with an old successful man, it's like, you're just going. So it's like the female in the situation is always getting shit for it. And the male, it doesn't matter which role he's playing. It's just like good for him. And that's what needs to change. It it 100% needs to change. I don't think it's, I think it's changing. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be, but it's like, it's always the woman. It's always, um, it reminds me because I caught up on Vanderpump last night and watched all the episodes, but remember how they're doing like the mistress thing. And they're all talking about, there's three people in that cast who have all been called a mistress at some point. And like for Sheena is talking like almost 12, 13 years ago. And it's like, okay, but there's two people in this situation. It's always the woman who gets painted always. And in those scenario. And I don't remember with the, Eddie, what is it? Eddie Cipriani or whatever. And was married to Brandy. Right. I don't remember if he was lying about being married or not that I, that I don't remember. I a hundred percent know in Lala and Randall's situation that he a hundred percent lied to her for sure. So in technically was she with someone who was married? Yes. Was she aware? No. So it's kind of like how much fault can you put on someone who's not aware? Just like Raquel was unaware of what's his name? Garcelle's son still being whatever. Like she was unaware now. Yes. Now Raquel hundred percent, we can call her a mistress because she has zero excuse. That was her friend. Like hundred percent. There's no excuse for it. Right. But in the other three scenarios, you have women who are being told a story that they believe by this man, then they are painted as the mistress and the one who is in the wrong and the guy skates off like Randall. I don't personally know Randall, but unfortunately I know far too many people. I far more people than I would ever like to admit that do personally know Randall and do business with Randall and 
it's wild how actually close to Randall I am. Wild. He is still carrying on with his life. Like nothing has happened. And things in his life are moving forward. And even with Scanderball, like it's going to turn into once it all blows over and like the next season airs and whatever happens and who comes back, it will be Raquel that's always painted that way. Not Tom. Right? Like, so, and I like, but but in that situation, she knew he was with someone and it was her best friend. So she does, I'm sorry, in that scenario, she deserves it. She's like, me and you have a boyfriend and I'm going to dinner with you guys. Like, like, no, like, no. There's zero effing excuse. I'm sorry. But she deserves it for that. You I, you earned the mistress title. Like you actually went out of your way to earn it. These other girls are just like in their own little spinoffs of things that had happened. But I agree with you. I think that it should be, but it's also like, there's also like a level of success. So like, I'm going to just go back to Sergio and Caroline because it's a good example to kind of use. But like, Sergio played for a professional soccer team. Sergio does stuff with Caroline. Like he is successful on his own in his own way. Right. Yeah. And then you have Caroline who's successful as well. And they do a lot of things together, but it, it's also like with it and maybe not them as the perfect example, but like where people's success gets diminished because of the person that they're with. So it's like, if, if, this older guy, if it's Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't care who you, what girl you are, be Kylie Jenner, but you're dating Leo, you're suddenly here. No one can see me. I'm putting right. my hand lower, yes. right? So Leo's right. always going to be right. higher. Right. Like you could have solved world hunger, cured cancer, but you're dating Leo. So it's just like, it, it's, it's always going to be this imbalance. And I just think people need to move on from it. But it shouldn't be like, we can't go date a guy that's 10 years younger. Francie is, is going to line him up. Send I in did. our DMs, please. The next podcast episode is live Q&A dating. <laughs> please submit And the DMs are open to start dating all the 20-year-olds. You just said something because you brought up Kylie Jenner and um, you brought up Kylie Jenner and Leonardo DiCaprio and you were like Leo will always be here above like Kylie like it'll be like Leo's the most famous one so question because it is rumored I don't know if it's been confirmed or not but it is rumored that Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet are dating which is the oddest of odd couples to me who do you put as the more successful one in that relationship well I put Kylie but I'm like full-blown kardashian lover well it, I, I, it, I it will be perceived as timothy and that's why i asked that question because i a few people have been talking about this and are like oh well timothy chalamet is like a level actor and kylie's like famous because of her family right and yeah, part of me is like she also created She's the youngest billionaire in history. Right. So, like, but it's just wild to me, the perception, right? The perception is for the whole Kardashian-Jenner clan, regardless of now you have Kylie Cosmetics, you have, you know, Kim had her KKW, um, Skims, Good American, the other one. The the eight one eight tequila, you have Poosh, you are a celebrity model in Kendall. You have you know they all do different brand deals with different high end designer, right? Like all the things that they have created, and the perception of that family is always just going to be you're famous for being famous or a sex tape. Right. One of you right. has it's going to go back to the female. There was a sex tape. Didn't even know the sex tape was happening. You know, but it, it I just like don't care. I, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't know why people obsess over it. Like Sergio and Caroline are the only example I'm going to keep using because it makes sense. And she's older and they're both kind of successful in their own ways. 
like they're happy, leave it alone. People just want something to talk about. People just want something to pick on and go after. But in one last thing I was going to say, because you talked about Kardashians was it was one of the last episodes or it might've been in the last season. And Scott Disick was with Chloe and they were talking about um, basically how Courtney had moved on and she was joking with him and she was like, well, maybe we could date someone like not in their twenties. And he was like, okay, like, well, no, they're going to have to be in their twenties. But like, and she's like, okay, like maybe like late twenties. And he's like, well, like I, I would consider like 25 or 23. And I can't remember. I'm quoting the words. I not quote for quote, but, and it's just funny because it's like, like, that's just how he sees it as well. And it's like, he's had his pattern of since Courtney has always been. Da, 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 da. I, I think Scott is still mature level of 25. That's my point. That's my point. It's like, I swear I'm a 99 year old woman. So it's like men are just not intellectually on the same emotional level. Sorry, I'm saying it. All right. Well, well, I'm going to see if I can't change. I'm going to join the Carolyn, Carolyn Stanberry train and see if I can start to change the perception. So that is my new, that is my newest my newest endeavor. And we're going to see what damage it does to my brand or doesn't do to my brand, because I also usually put nothing about my personal life out there in the world for anyone to know about, except for the very little bit I talk about on this podcast. So it'll be for our loyal power suit podcast listeners that will find out what's going on. And we'll see if they destroy my brand over it. And if they do, we'll just send them to Daryl. <laughs> um, all right. I think we have had a longer episode than I was planning this week. Oh, yeah. so we should go ahead and wrap it up. As always, send us your comments, send us your feedback. Let us know what you think. You can DM us on Instagram. Don't forget to um, like, review, leave us a five-star review, share it with your friends, tell other people about it. And if you have any topics you want us to discuss, let us know and we will talk about it on the podcast. So thanks for joining everyone.